Today's lesson comes from uh, the reading that we've been doing through the Old Testament. And I hope you've been keeping up, and I hope that the sermons, when you hear them, are, are more relevant because you have that Word of God fresh in your mind. And I just wonder, you know, sometimes... I, Sometimes when we read, different things hit us. And here is, I want to share with you one of the things that hit me today as I was reading 1 Chronicles chapter 28, verses 20 through 21. I'm actually going to begin with, uh, with verse number 19. And I want to set the stage for this a little bit because, well... Let me, now, let me just go ahead and I'm, I'm going to read this and, and then I want to challenge you with a thought here. Verse number 19 says, All this, said David, the Lord had made me understand in writing by his hand upon me. All the details of this pattern. And if you wonder what all of this is, you can read, see, read the preceding passages and you'll read there that the the description of how the temple is to be built, what's to be put in the temple, all of the details of the temple. He said the details of this pattern. The temple was a pattern that was given that was to be followed. Verse 20 says, Then David said to his son Solomon, Be strong and courageous and act. Do not fear nor be dismayed, for the Lord God, my God, is with you. He will not fail you nor forsake you until all the work for the service of the house of the Lord is finished. I read that passage and I thought, okay, David's telling his son to be strong and courageous. David is the one who certainly was strong and courageous. David went out and he was the great warrior and it started with Goliath. Well, and actually it started with the lion and the bear, didn't it? He was the courageous one. He was strong and courageous and always took action. He was the one who ran from Saul all those years and always did the bidding of God, did it honorably in all those years that he ran from Saul. And then when Saul was gone and David became king, David led the nation out and took care of all the enemies of Israel, the enemies of God. He was a conqueror. He was a warrior. He was one who needed truly to be strong and courageous and to act. And he did it. And then he wants to build the temple himself. And so he's got all of these plans. So even though God has said, you've got, you're a man of war. You've got blood on your hands. You're not going to build my temple. I've chosen your son Solomon to do it. And so David says, okay, that sounds fine. I'm going to get everything ready, and I'm going to, I'm going to do all of this, to make the planning. God gives me the plans. I'm going to hand everything over to Solomon. So Solomon, because of David's courageous actions, Solomon has a kingdom of peace. There is no more war, no more fighting. And I'm thinking, okay, why does he need courage? All the fighting's done. And then besides that, David hands him all the plans for the temple. And besides handing him the plans for the temple, look at verse number 21. It says, Now behold, there are the divisions of the priests and the Levites for all the service of the house of God, and every willing man of any skill will be with you in all the work for all kinds of service. The officials also and all the people will be entirely at your command. That was David speaking to his son. 
So here is David. He's saying, all right, you've got, and he doesn't say this part, but you've got a peaceful kingdom. There's going to be no adversaries for you to fight. Here's the plans for the temple. Here's all of the people around you that are surrounding you. They're going to help you do this. All you need to do is build a building. And I'm thinking, why on earth does, you know, he's not told to, you know, put on his warrior outfit, put on his armor and go out and fight some huge enemy. He's being called to build a temple. And it's really like, all he has to do is tell people, all right, go do it. That's his job. Go do it. You guys got the plans? They were given to us. You, All you people have the skill? Go do it. He needs to be, and, and David says to his son, be strong and courageous and act. Why? What's the need for him? Why does he need this courage to build a building? And the answer comes. As we look at chapter 29, verse number Verse number one. Then King David said to the entire assembly, My son Solomon, whom alone God has chosen, he's the one in charge, is still young and inexperienced. And the work is great. Why is the work great? For the temple is not for man, but for the Lord God. And so now I realize, you know, David did the easy part. (laughs) David did what he knew how to do. He put on his armor and went out and conquered kingdoms. David heard uh, God speak the plans and he wrote it down, the plans for the temple. He got to get together all the people, but, but the, there was one who was going to have to carry out this very difficult, this very intimidating work of building a place for God to dwell. Building a temple for the Lord, building a house for God, is intimidating work. Especially for a man who feels young, and inexperienced, and who is actually young and inexperienced. So Solomon, I appreciate, really did need this encouragement. Be strong and courageous and act. Do it. And now we think about application to ourselves. We are the temple. We are the temple of God. We are called to be a place where God dwells within each one of us. Where God dwells within his people. God calls us to a very intimidating task. To be his temple. To consider this topic, um, you know, and you got the passages, a couple different passages from 1 Corinthians that you can search for if you want to find out where God tells us that we are the temple. But I want to go to Matthew chapter 10. In Matthew chapter 10, we're going to read 
verses 24 through 39. I'm going to do this just a couple of verses at a time, a couple of thoughts at a time. And this is Jesus speaking about us and who we are called to be and what we are called to do. And I want you to know that this is a very intimidating task. But God calls us to be strong and courageous and act. Chapter 24, or excuse me, chapter 10 of Matthew, starting in verse 24 and into 25. And Jesus says, A disciple is not above his teacher, nor a slave above his master. It is enough for the disciple that he become like his teacher and the slave like his master. If they have called... Well, I'll finish that part in just a minute. Jesus calls us to follow him. Jesus doesn't call, call us to follow him so that we can just follow somebody around and and uh, just kind of go places that he went to. But we are called to follow him to become like him. When we're called to follow in his steps, that means we are to do what he did. The student is to become like his teacher. We're never going to be above the teacher. Us slaves are called to become like our master. We are to become like Jesus. As you look and consider 2 Corinthians chapter 3.18, it says that as part of this new covenant that we are in, in Christ Jesus, that we who behold as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, we all reflect that glory with ever-increasing glory. It's ever-increasing. We all reflect it. More and more we are called to be like the image of Jesus. And this comes from God. It's the work of God who is the Spirit. So God is providing the way. God is helping us become like Jesus. We are being changed into His image, His likeness. We're supposed to, as disciples, become like the teacher. That's the goal. And it happens in this life when we're dedicated to Him and we let Him work within us to do it. And this is an intimidating, an intimidating task to think that any one of us can reflect the, the glory and the image of Christ in, in any way. To think that our thoughts could be become like his thoughts. It's intimidating. It is challenging. And so many times, I feel like I'm not up to the task. But God's the one who is at work. And God is the one who calls us to be strong and courageous and act. If God says he wants to change us into the image of Christ then we need to get out of the way and let him do it. And we do that by being strong and courageous and acting. What we see Jesus do, we must do. What our master has taught us, we as slaves will follow. We will do what he has taught us to do.
You are the temple of God. You're called to be that temple. You're called to have the Spirit of Christ within us. Don't be intimidated by that to where you don't do what you're supposed to do. Let us be strong and courageous and act. Chapter 25, the latter part of that verse where I stopped. Jesus says, If they called the head of the house Beelzebul, how much more will they malign the members of his household? If people got angry at Jesus, talked bad about him, they will do the same about us. If we are, in fact, becoming like Jesus, if we're becoming like our teacher, we're following his ways, we can expect people to talk bad about us. It will not be easy, this idea of becoming like Jesus. He's already telling us it's going to be hard, but we need to be strong and courageous and act. Verse 26 says, therefore, do not fear them. Do not fear them. For there is nothing concealed that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be made known. All the things hidden in the darkness, all the, the, the motives of men's hearts, they'll all be made known someday. So don't worry about what others are doing. They'll get theirs someday. They'll get their reward. It won't be a good reward, but they'll get it someday. But you don't fear them. Don't fear. Remember, right after... Uh, Solomon was told to be strong and courageous and act. His dad told him, do not fear or be dismayed. The Lord, for the Lord God, my God, is with you. God is with us. Do not fear. Verse 27 of Matthew 10. What I tell you in the darkness, speak in the light. And what you hear whispered in your ear, proclaim Upon the housetops. Speak it. Jesus has come to us and taught us. He, we are his disciples. The, our master teacher has taught us. And we need to proclaim what he has shared with us. Proclaim it. Shout it. Declare the truth of Jesus Christ. Verse 28 says, Do not fear those who kill the body but are unable to kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Folks, don't fear men. Don't even fear death, because man can kill the body. But we don't need to fear someone who can kill our body. Take our life because they cannot take away eternal life. There's only one who has the power to take that from us. Fear God. Obey Him. It's interesting. So the, keep in mind, be strong and courageous and act. We're called to be like the teacher. This is what Jesus calls us to be. Become like Him. It will not be easy. Do not fear, but proclaim the truth. And don't fear men. They're going to come after you when you proclaim the truth. But don't fear them. Don't even fear death. God is with you. In this day and age, it's like, you know, we went through this long period of time. I think we're kind of still in it where 
Every, if you're going to speak anything, it had to be politically correct. That term politically correct came up. It's like people were controlling what you could say. And now we're in an age where it's suddenly it's like everybody is saying everything they want to and you just speak out what you think and somebody's going to tell you to shut up and somebody else is going to tell you, no, keep on going. And everybody's just yelling back and forth. It seems like that's what's happened as we watch the news and we get on Facebook and whatever, whatever, read the news, read the paper. And, you know, it's just like everybody's going after each other. So... You know, maybe it's a good time that we're living in because we need to learn a little bit about how to be like that. But we need to be strong and courageous and speak boldly for God, but do so with kindness. Do so with the Spirit of Christ. That's what's lacking in the world. We need to be willing to speak the truth. Not really our truth, God's truth. We need to be confident in what we believe and to know that that the one that we follow, he is the master. And I want to speak his words and what he has whispered and taught me in my ear, I want to proclaim to everyone. And I'm going to do so boldly. I'm going to do so with love and kindness. But I am going to proclaim that truth. Don't fear what men will do. And why should we not fear what men do or what they say? Verses 29 through 31. Are not two sparrows sold for a cent, and yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father? But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So do not fear. You are more valuable than many sparrows. Do we trust that? Do we really trust and believe that God is with us? That if we do his will, that even if we die, we won't die apart from God, that he cares about us personally. He loves us. Man, if he does that for the sparrows, won't he care for us? Won't he watch over us? He's with you. He's with me. So let's trust him. And let's be strong and courageous and act. Let us not cower away from the task that we're called to do for Jesus. Verses 32 and 33. Therefore, everyone who confesses me before men, I will also confess him before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I will also deny him before my Father who is in heaven. Will you proclaim his name? Will you confess his name? Will you tell somebody who Jesus is and what you believe about him? Will you share with them the word of truth? You know, we don't have to know everything, but we can point people to the word of God and say, I, you know, I believe in Jesus. There's chaos in the world right now, but I've, I'm happy because I have found truth in him. I've found truth that is revealed here about God. You want to sit down with me and study it. Sit down and read one of the Gospels with people. Bring life to them. Speak the words of truth and the name of Jesus to others. Proclaim it from the housetops. Verses 34 through 36. Do not think that I came to bring peace on the earth. 
I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I came to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's enemies will be the members of his household. Folks, when we're being the temple of God, His Spirit dwelling in us, and we are doing what we're called to do, and we're strong and courageous and act, don't expect it to be easy. Expect conflict. Expect it. You know, and it's, it's like all the conflict in the, the world, in our nation right now, maybe it's teaching me something that, you know, you can expect conflict. You can expect it. But if you're going to be engaged with conflict, at least be engaged according to the truth, with the Spirit of Christ. And you can actually, when you consider that Jesus warned of conflict, when it comes, you can actually welcome it. We're not really, there's nothing in this passage that says we're sent here to be friends, make as many friends as we can while we're here on this earth. It's not the point. Now, if we can make friends and win them to Jesus and teach them about Jesus, that's a pretty good thing. But we're not called to make friends. That's not the end point. The call that we are is to, we're, we're called to is to tell others about Jesus and to live like Jesus lived and to give like Jesus gave and to share like Jesus shared. We need to be strong and courageous and act. Verse 37, He who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. I think that passage is telling us that in the midst of conflict, in the midst of the differences that might arise over the truth, that that is an opportunity for us to show our worth to Jesus. Worthy of me. And again, man, that's a... Being worthy of God. Man, I'm so unworthy. In my mind, I, I, I know how unworthy I am. I know all the dumb things that I've done and the selfish things that I've done in my life. But God calls us, hey, don't worry about that. I'll take care of that. I'll just keep, I'll keep working on you. But you need to be strong and courageous and to act. Live according to the ways that Jesus has called us so that we can be worthy of Him. Verses 38 and 39. And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who has found his life will lose it. And he who has lost his life for my sake will find it. Taking up your cross, following Jesus, and losing your life is a scary thing. All of those phrases, they, 
they invoke, you know, to, to think about taking up a cross, Jesus' warning, it isn't pretty. It's not easy. An instrument of death. When we talk about the cross, we are talking about death. Following Jesus, he didn't have an easy life here. He had no place to lay his head. Losing your life, it's a scary thing. We go through our teenage years. We, we talk about that. You know, your teenage years, it's really finding out, figuring out who you are. You know, and we wrestle with that. Who am I? What am I to do? Well, people think they figure it out. But Jesus says, you've got to lose yourself for me. Lose yourself. Lose your life. So truly, life and figuring out who you are, the only true answer, the only true place to find fulfillment. And in that sense, happiness. Joy, it's, it's only in Christ. And so Jesus says, quit doing all the things that you want to do and start doing the things that I want you to do. And again, we're like, man, this is scary. This is not easy. It's not easy for me. But we're called to be strong and courageous and act. I look at Solomon and I still, I still just like, he had everything handed to him. All he had to do was tell some people, all right, get to it. So easy. But the project was not easy. It was intimidating. It was difficult. He was young and inexperienced. But he was called to be strong and courageous and act and God helped him do it. Don't be scared by what God calls us to do. We need to embrace what God wants us to be. We need to hear Jesus say those words and then just to say, I'm all in. A disciple is not above his teacher nor a slave above his master. It is enough for me that it is enough for the disciple that he become like the teacher and that the slave become like his master. We need to just say, I'm all in. I'm going to be strong and courageous and act. I'm going to do everything that Christ calls me to do and to be. Solomon heard the call. He was successful and God was with him. And he was strong and he was courageous and he took action. And I want to encourage you with a a challenge to make the words... uh, I'm going to look to some earlier words in First Chronicles 28, verse number 9. I want to look to some earlier words and encourage you to make them, let them be the challenge because this is how Solomon was being challenged. First Chronicles 28, verse number 9 and verse 10. Um, this is, again, David speaking to his son Solomon. He says, As for you, my son Solomon, know that the God of your father, excuse me, know the God of your father, and serve him with a whole heart and a willing mind. For the Lord searches all hearts and understands every intent of the thoughts. If you seek him, he will let you find him. And if you forsake him, he will reject you forever. Consider now, for the Lord has chosen you 
to build a house for the sanctuary. Be courageous and act. As you consider those words, it amazes me how much they parallel the thoughts that we just read about in Matthew chapter 10. Be strong and courageous and act. God wants to do great things in you, and God wants to do great things through you, just like he did with Jesus. Be strong, be courageous, and act. Do it. Don't be afraid. My friends, if we would all do that, God is going to do wonderful things in this world through us. I encourage you to let that be your challenge. Be strong and courageous and act. If there's anybody who has not invited Christ into your life today, and you're, 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 you have never taken that step of faith and said, All right, God, I want you to come live inside of me. We're promised that when we come to Jesus and we are baptized into Christ, when we're baptized that we receive the remission of our sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit, He comes into our lives and He begins a good work in us. If there's anybody here today who needs Jesus in your life, or if you're already a Christian and you need the prayers of the church, I welcome you to, uh, to come and let me know your, your desires, or if you need to study, let me know. But if anybody needs to respond, won't you please come as we stand together and sing. Come to Jesus, he will.